Welcome to the Best Business Podcast, the podcast for established marketers, entrepreneurs, and CEOs, the ones who want to join me in my mission to create 200 new multimillionaires who solve world problems with entrepreneurship. If that's you, then this podcast was created to give you access to the tools, training, strategies, and tactics you need to achieve multiple seven-figure profits as soon as possible. This world needs the best business you can build, so please get ready, open your mind, believe you can do this, and let's build a better world together for future generations. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Daryl Urbanski, your host as always, and today we are joined by Miyoko Taylor, a best-selling author, entrepreneur, and personal development coach. He's based in New Jersey, USA, but works with people all over the world, inspiring them to find their amazing and tap into their full potential. For more than a decade, he has educated and empowered others. His mission is to help 100 million people take charge of their own lives, find their passion, and awaken to the greatness that is within. His action-based approach to personal development has afforded him the opportunity to appear on various media, magazine, television, and radio outlets. As a result, Miyoko has become a leader in the areas of personal development, entrepreneurship, leadership, and self-improvement. His latest book, Find Your Amazing, Five Steps to Transforming Your Life, focuses on providing the tools needed to design your own vision of success and has reached the hearts of many internationally. Today, he continues to encourage others to dream big, to get out of their own way, and to commit to a life of excellence. I've asked him to join us here today so we can all be more, do more, become more, achieve more, and have a little more. So, Mayoko, thank you for joining us, my friend. How are you doing? I am fantastic. How about yourself, All right. Virtual high five. I'm good, man. I'm good. Um, so obviously before you were getting all this recognition worldwide, before you'd kind of been climbing the ladder and achieved kind of the platform you have now, before all of that, how did you get started? What were you doing before you came into this? Do you come from a family background of entrepreneurs or? No, not really. To be honest, man, I am the black sheep. Well, in my immediate family, I have cousins that are entrepreneurs and doing very well, but I'm the black sheep in my family. So I've always had a knack and a desire to help people. So I have had a long, extensive career in the financial services industry. Hmm. Um, I always said I wanted to do something where I can look presentable, help people, and make money. Hmm. Um, So naturally, I went into the financial services industry, uh, but it never – it never deterred my love for actually coaching and helping other people become successful, period. Um, so I reached a point in my life where um, I kind of fell back on the financial planning aspect and, and I went into something else and I allowed my comfort zone to lead me to a place uh, that I didn't want to be in. Mm. And it landed me at a nine to five job that I absolutely hated. I was in a relationship for seven years uh, that no longer served either of us. And I was severely overweight and I had to look at my situation. I looked at myself in the mirror one day and I was just like, what is going on here? I didn't even recognize myself. And I burst into tears and I said, one of two things has to happen. Either I'm going to continue to go down this road and health is going to get worse. I'm going to be depressed every day like I was, mm-hmm. or I can make the most, the scariest decision I will ever make in my life, which is to completely go against what everyone says what the norm is and do what I was really passionate about. And that was um, really inspiring and helping people. But I wasn't in the position at that time to do that because my own life was in shambles. Hmm. Hmm. So what I did is I just sought out every personal development piece that I could find. I mean, you're talking books, audio books, seminars, CDs, and I gained some very, very good knowledge from that. 
And one of the things that I realized is a lot of the motivational people, people in business, um, they talk about their success, but many of them don't give you actionable steps, you know, past the motivation, past the inspiration. Right. And that's and that's which and that's what inspired the book, because believe it or not, the reality is, is when we go to these events and we're motivated and we're inspired, we come back to our environment. That could be a um, for somebody that's not out on their own yet. That could be abusive parents. That could be just a bad environment. That could be a period surrounded by violence. And you have to show people how to take actionable steps when they're not motivated or they're not inspired that they can take daily activity to lead them to a, to the life of success that they desire. So, I mean, the big secret to me is, you know, success began from the inside out for me. So in order for me to be successful in anything, I had to be first successful internally, which is why I have a love for NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. Mm. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I think that's a really key point. There's a few things that you, you mentioned I want to touch on. So I, I love that. I think that it's really like when you say it has to start from within. So well, a couple of things. One is like the people and the environment you're surrounded in. I think anyone listening to this needs to recognize that's extremely important. You don't very. realize the influence people have on you. You absorb language. In fact, it's funny, but you used a word when you first said black sheep, and I've removed that from my vocabulary because it indicates that being black is being odd or different or like uh, not, right? And it's Very a, it's, true. It's just – it's embedded in our language. And so it's it's something where you – just by – even in your culture, day to life, the people you hang out with, you might go to one of these talks. You might – someone might come here. You speak, be totally changed. They feel like inside. They feel something in their heart has different and then they go back and it's the same environment same friends and they don't even know know it but they just kind of it's like almost women their menstrual cycles sink you sink with the people around you don't even notice that and they totally pull you off track and then the other thing that you said that i think is really important and i want to make sure people get it because it's easy to say it and skim over it right but i really want to make sure we identify as you said like um that starts with from within and i the beautiful thing about that is it does start within and it starts i, I believe like in daily daily habits daily routines oh like, yes yeah like if you have a successful day you have successful days on end you have a successful week you have successful weeks on end you have successful months months on end you've got a quarter now you got a year now you got two years so it sounds really kind of like you know what i mean like it sounds easy to say but it, i think it's a really profound i just wanted to expand on that because I think that that's really important for anyone listening to this, that to, to take that to heart, no matter where you are, what level you're at, that, you know, the people you're surrounding yourself with might be pulling you off course. And even what you're doing in, in a day, like you might have been successful last three years, but it doesn't mean you get to like shy away from those habits and behaviors and routines for four months thinking that there's not going to be a repercussion from that. Well, we don't like to focus. It, it's very interesting that you said that, and I'll, I'll change that. I'm not going to say we don't like to focus, but most people don't realize that the power is in the simplicity. Mm. It's in the daily mm. activity. It's the mm. daily routines. Mm. And what most people focus on is the instant gratification of our society. I want it now. I want success now. So they see these particular people that are at these pinnacles of success to them. And many of those people, if you sit them down, and I wish more of the successful entrepreneurs <laughs> would do this, yep. they'll tell you, look, man, I lived out of my car for two years. Or yep. look, um, I, my house was in foreclosure. Yep. These are the things that I've gone through to get to this particular level. Yep. And 
and, and a lot of them tell you too, you know, this is my daily discipline. This is my regimen. I'm strict on it. This is what I do. I don't break this particular habit. I do this because it helps me to perform at a high level at all times. So these are things, even myself, even with the level of success that I've had, I often, you know, if I find myself drifting a little bit, because life has a way of trying to knock you off course, mm-hmm. I have to go back and revisit these things and say, oh, wait a second. I didn't quite get to that particular level I like to this month or this week. What was something in my schedule that changed? What was in my daily activity that changed? And I can almost always pinpoint what that is. That's Yeah, and I think that's true. Now, I know some people are thinking, but isn't it boring to have a routine, to have a fixed schedule, to have that? Like, can't you can't – you, you get where I'm going with this? Like, you can't have diversity and flexibility. Does that mean you have to be in a rut and live this monotonous life over and over and over again? Well, the the key to me when people say that's boring or that's a particular routine, that's dull, that's dreary, whatever they want to use, when you are doing what you love and what you are passionate about, the daily routine of doing that is never boring. It's a joy, yes. It yes. is never boring. Um, so just to clarify that, the routines that I have daily are in alignment with what my passion and my purpose is. So I often tell people when I coach clients, I say, when I get them to know what their passion and their purpose is, I say, everything you do from this day forward has to be in alignment with your mission and your vision. If it is not, it is something that is distracting you and is going to cause you from making making progress. So with that being said, is you have to assess your life, the people you hang out with, the habits that you have, um, the thoughts that you're thinking, Everything, you have to reevaluate all of that. And everything that is against your mission, your purpose, your passion, what the things that you value the most, you have to get rid of it. Yep. Yep. Stop being distracted by things that have nothing to do with your goals. Excellent. Excellent yep. quote. Yep. Which is, a, which is a surprisingly easy to do, to be distracted. It's so easy. It's so easy. One of the easiest things in the world. <laughs> so – I mean, usually I ask this question a little later, but this is just the perfect time for it. What do you feel – what habits do you feel helped you on your path to success? The habits that I feel felt that has helped me on my habit – on my way to success, excuse me, not habits. Um, I really think it was my love for personal development. Um, there's a quote that Jim Rohn has, and I'm going to try to quote it exactly correct. It's, uh, he says, formal education – will uh, make you a living um, but personal development will make you a, first, a fortune mm. it's it's something to that effect i think i actually quoted it correctly but i really studied that particular quote and my motto is is every day i want to do something to improve myself so what i found myself doing whether it was 5 minutes to read something motivational whether it was Starting out, you know, doing 15 minutes of exercise, Mm. Um, whether it was sharpening a skill that I needed to learn better, like public speaking or communication, I would do something like that every single day. And what people don't realize, they don't understand the dynamics of a habit. We are going to develop habits whether we like it or not. Mm -hmm. Sitting sitting on your butt not doing nothing is a habit. Habit, You can develop the habit of doing nothing at all. So – with that knowledge being said, you have to understand that if you're going to form habits, you might as well form good ones. So I didn't focus on I got to form this habit. I got to form that habit. My question was every single day, what can I do to improve myself? Mm. And as a result, those things became habits. 
you know, the reading um, informational thing, work, working on my craft a bit more, what, what I needed to learn about business. Those particular things became habits because that all involved personal development. And this is why I tell people when people introduce me as a motivational speaker, I hate that word. <laughs> and I tell people very openly, and they're like, oh, my God, he hates that word. Why? And then I explain it to them. I say motivational is such a hype showcase type of word. I see a lot of people that call themselves motivational speakers. But motivation, it takes more than that. It takes more than motivation, more than inspiration. It takes forming those habits and those actionable steps, that process, because I am not always motivated. I'll be the first one to tell you I'm not always motivated. Sometimes I don't feel as inspired, but as long as I'm doing what I love to do and those daily actionable steps are in place, motivation comes and goes. Mm -hmm. You know, nobody's ever motivated like 24 hours out of the day. Life no. just not, it's not designed to do that. Yeah, no, not at all. Exactly. And I mean, that's, that's the thing. That's the joy of life. Like variety is the spice of life and not all variety is going to be pleasant. I remember when I first lived in Japan, that I was so surprised to have sour and bitter things and bland foods on the menu. Like, why would you ever want this? I want sweet and salty. <laughs> That's all I want. But they've got they there. They acknowledge it. Like they you, they'll serve you just tofu. Like no no nothing. Just have you ever had just tofu? It's just there's it's yes. like. It's if not ever, the best taste. <laughs> well, it's just to me, I'm like that's what nothing tastes like. Like it literally uh -huh. tastes like nah. Like I'm this is Jello with no flavor. Like it's just nah. Like there's nothing to it. And just just it's just weird that they do that. They even have gross tasting stuff like natto. That is the most disgusting thing. It is fermenting is a nice way to say rotting. And so it's fermenting soybeans that you eat. That's like in a snot mucusy type like <laughs> liquid. And the way they eat it, they take the chopsticks and they stir it so it gets like nice and frothy. Like the the snot like bubbles up oh wow and then they scoop it in their mouth and it smells like it's rotting which it is it's fermented but it's great for your health fermenting foods are great for you absolutely yeah, i'm an advocate sidebar is that's the spice of life variety is the spice of life so they're not all going to be pleasant you know there's alan watts I'm a, I'm a huge fan of alan watts and so what you just said i want to hit that point because a lot of people feel like if they're not happy every day that something's wrong if they're not feeling fantastic mm -hmm. every day something's wrong if they don't feel energized every day something's wrong and I, I really think that that's important that people recognize that the habits the routines that sort of thing are what matter because you'll have days where you feel great and you've done nothing in terms of productivity towards your goals and you have other days where you feel like garbage and you feel like you accomplished nothing but when you look at it you actually maybe did a couple things that are high leverage activities even though mm -hmm. if you don't feel like you were busy all day. Mm -hmm. And Alan Watts has this talk that he gives where he's like, imagine for whatever reason, you know, just, and just, just something to think about, but imagine for whatever reason, every night you went to sleep, you suddenly discovered you could dream 75 years of life or however many years you want of life. And then you'd wake up and you'd be like, wow, that was kind of great. And when we first discovered this, the first few months, you'd dream the most wild, fantastic dreams, right? You'd have all the pleasures imaginable. You'd want the most exciting lives. And then after after several months of doing this, you kind of get bored with that. And then you'd, you'd want to make some further and further gambles on like you risky things that happen to you, some excitement, some danger, right? Some unknown, some all this mm -hmm. stuff. And then eventually you would want to dream that you didn't know you were dreaming, and in the infinite possibility of life, you could dream the life that you're dreaming today. But that's the end, how it ends. But I just even the concept of that, you would start with all the good and the pleasure, but eventually that would become boring and not palatable to you. And you would want uncertainty and danger and ups and downs. And some people feel like, no, I wouldn't. But I don't know, 100 years of like, 
It's a small world Whoa. after all. Like if you've been on that ride, after you go through it a couple of times at Disneyland, you're like, get me off this thing. <laughs> right? Exactly. And it, it it's those are the things that mold and shape our character. People mm-hmm. don't realize that. Right. If how can you experience true success if you don't know what failure feels like? Right. How can you appreciate success if you don't know what failure looks like? Right. How can you be strong when you when that strength has never been tested? I mean, these are things designed to, to mold us to the to the leaders, to the entrepreneurs, to the business people, to the fathers, to mentors that are all across the world. They all have a story of adversity. It has mm-hmm. to be there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so was it smooth sail? Smooth seas don't make for skilled sailors. So, Not at all. So what would you recommend if someone's listening to this and they're going through some struggle in their life? They're like frustrated. They've got a feeling, a knot in their gut, or they're feeling like, I don't know, just unworthy or incapable or whatever they're just not feeling good and they you know and they think that that's wrong or i don't know what would you recommend to someone if they're in a a bad phase a a tough phase of life we should say and if they're in a tough phase of life i think it's time for them to have a strong sense of self-awareness you need to look at your situation and and really decide do you want to spend the next 5 10 15 20 years of life going down the same road i they have to come to that same conclusion that i did and there's going to be feelings of fear there, but they have to put themselves in a position where where do they see their life going? You know, what do they envision for themselves? Because that's what I did. I started to visualize where I really wanted to be um, before I even started to take any steps. I had to be able to see it, touch it, taste it, smell it without even being accomplished yet. Mm, mm. And and that was powerful for me because once I really started to take that in – and that was my fo- first experience with – NLP, but I didn't realize it. I started to visualize and certain things started to remind me of the goal that I wanted to achieve. And, um, you know, before, and I can honestly say this in that particular case, then I was picturing myself doing podcasts, being on shows, traveling, doing those things that I'm doing now. So I'm just sharing that to show you how amazing it is when you can have a vision, but your vision is so clear it's as if it already happened, but mm-hmm. it hasn't yet. Mm-hmm. But it's already happened to you. And so that's... having oh, – go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Go ahead. But, but have So having a vision is very important. I had that particular thing. I worked on that before I even uh, decided to make that decision. You know, This vision was festering and festering and festering for several months, and then I just said, you know what? I just can't continue to live like this anymore. So I'm going to go take steps on this particular vision. So knowing that vision and having an idea of where you want to go is very, very, very important. And that's discovering what your passion is because some people don't know what their passion is. So for that person, they may say, hey, you know what, Miyoko, I get that. You knew where you were going, um, but I don't know know, what my passion is. And that's sometimes when I deal with a client, I do some exercises where we kind of find out what they love to do. And that's that's what my book is all about, finding your amazing. Your amazing is that thing, that gift, that talent, that ability that you do that comes so naturally to you that you just neglect. We have so many abilities, and it's that thing where – and maybe you can relate, Daryl. It's that thing where somebody may come to you and say, how the heck did you do that? Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, it's nothing, man. I do this all the time. <laughs> like, ah, oh, whatever. It's, it's, it's nothing. you know. Yeah. I, I just do it. It comes naturally to me. And then the other person is like – Man, I can't do that. Like I wish I could do that. And these are the little things that make us unique, make us amazing, make us special that we're not really nurturing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And oh, go ahead. And I was just going to say, and these are things that people 
don't really focus on and it may be the very thing that they love and they're passionate about doing. They just don't realize it. Hmm. And I also think that there's a lot of emphasis on, you know, uh, fixing your weaknesses, which you can and should dedicate some time to, but depending on like, you can go so much further in life if you just embrace your strengths. Very good point. I mean, it kind of depends what you're talking about, but, um, for the most part, for the vast majority, I think of people, that's, that's something that people are almost afraid to shine too bright because once you start shining really bright, other people try to pull you, other people can try to pull you down depending on what circles you swim in. Some people, you start shining too bright. They're like, Hey, stop that. You know, you're making me feel bad because as you start to approach your level of greatness, it can make other people, it can expose other people's uh, shortcomings and insecurities and cause them to lash out at you. I think that's part of one of the reasons why I say it's lonely at the top because to get to the top in anything, you have to refine yourself in so many different ways and other people don't get it. Other people don't understand it because they're not that dedicated. You know, they're mm-hmm. not that passionate. And so they start seeing things that they don't have and they're, you know, and they just, that's where a lot of the, the, the player hating comes out, you could call it, right? Like all that negative talk mm-hmm. starts coming out and they start discrediting. Yeah, well, it's because of this. Yeah, well, because of that. Yeah, but, you know, yeah, but he's got no other life or yeah, but they don't understand. I remember I posted, um, I had a family member that I unfriended on Facebook. This is years ago, like year, like maybe even 10 years ago when Facebook had just come out. I unfriended them on Facebook and it was like a big deal. But it was because every time I felt like I posted something positive, either that accomplished my life or whatever, this person would come on and it's an extended family member and like say something negative. I remember there was a C.T. Fletcher video. I command you to grow. And I love that video. And I actually have friends that my friend's wife – her dad and CT worked together for like years at the post office and uh, that CT worked at. And so I like love this video and someone was like, yeah, but one day he's going to wake up and realize he wasted his life in a gym instead of doing something meaningful. And meanwhile, his video had just been posted. Now it's got been viewed millions of times, but at the time it had like a hundred thousand views in like a week. And I flipped out on this person. I was like, when was the last time you did anything? Anybody cared about, you know, like little, like a like hundred people, a thousand people cared about, do you know what I mean? Let alone a hundred thousand in a week. And what do you mean this person's like wasted their life? It looks like he's having a blast. I don't know if you noticed, but he's a couple, he's a couple time world champion, a few things. And he's apparently earned a perfect, you know, earned an income doing something he loves. But the other guy doesn't see that. He just sees that this guy's got all these muscles and all whatever. And that, you know, and then just feels bad because the person individual I'm talking about, you know, is not that very, not that the opposite. And that's where that. So I'm just kind of saying that as a caveat to kind of warn people, because that's sometimes why people self-sabotage their success. Uh, maybe you can speak to that if you agree or disagree, but I think that's partially why sometimes people sabotage their successes because they don't want to separate themselves from their peers. They don't want that. That, it, that is very true. And, and I'll often tell people, I heard Jim Carrey, I, I hear a lot of excellent quotes mm-hmm. and Jim Carrey is somebody he said, you always want to be the weakest link in your circle. And I really didn't understand that when he said that. I was like, what does he mean? And then it really came to me. I was like, ah, I get it. Because what he was saying is as accomplished as he has been in his career, the other four people that he surrounds himself with are at a level that he's not even at yet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So he always wants to be around people that push him to even be better than what he already is. And I think that's that thing where if you're around people that are bringing you down or if they're anchoring you in a negative place, you have to get rid of them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just – I mean you have to yeah. because your, your focus and you asked a question before uh, for somebody that may be stuck in life. One good thing I heard was from uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. He said, work hard at what you're best at. 
That mm. is a very, very That's powerful statement. He said, yep. work hard at what you're best at. So we focus so many times on our weaknesses, and some of our weaknesses may be things that we can easily delegate. So if it's something that's delegatable and somebody can do it even better than you can, I mean, that's just the key to being a mastermind in business. Mm -hmm. Delegate that stuff if it's your weakness, but work hard at what you're best at. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I actually really like that because it, it's, it's, you know, we're social animals. Getting rich is a team sport. Being successful at anything. Like there's no one that's actually ever won a gold medal that didn't have a coach and mentors and people to, you know, push them on and teammates. Without question. Mm-hmm. Right. Even even if it's a solo sport, they still train with other people who push them, make them better. So who why do people think in life or business it would be any different? Like I just it's it's that it's that one of the failings of I mean, the education system has brought us a long way, so I want to give credit where credit's due, but it is one of the shortcomings and failings is things like that are not taught in school and it's it's a fundamental of success no one is going to get any level of success without having people that push them people that i mean having people to teach also we talk about wanting to surround yourself with people that are better than you but you also kind of want to have people that you are helping as well because when you teach something you have to really understand it and master it at the same time so that can be beneficial as well but just those those basic principles and like you say cut them out and maybe you can't cut out maybe it's your mom maybe it's a brother or sister or something but then you need to limit the engagement and you train people on how to how to treat you you teach people how to treat you how to interact with you you either allow it or disallow it doesn't mean you have to be rude doesn't mean you have to be rude doesn't mean you have to be you know i don't know doesn't mean you have to be I'm, I don't know why I'm struggling for words. I, I want to say it like a butthole, but that's not what I'm trying to say. Like it doesn't mean you have to be a jerk. It does mean, but yeah. it has to mean you have to be willing to stand up for yourself and be assertive on boundaries and be willing to set those. And hey, like hey, if you want to spend time with me, this is how we have to interact. Uh, you know, and if you don't like that, I know you don't like it, but I don't like the way you want to interact with me. So we can have it be limited, but these are the rules. And uh, you know, and and just try to make some agreements that way you can have a better relationship with those people. Everything always boils down to you. Every responsibility is on you. Hmm. I mean, it's not your upbringing. It's not your environment. It's not um, other people, places, or things. The responsibility is on you. I mean, at the end of the day, it becomes on. It comes down to the actions that you're taking. Hmm. You know, who you're surrounding yourselves with, um, what resources you're allowing yourself to be open to, um, your daily disciplines, your habits. Your behaviors, your thoughts—it all boils down to you. Only you can change it. Mm-hmm. That's right. And at the end of the day, you have to live with the decisions that you made. And other people can influence you, but like you said, it's you're the one that made the decision. And even if the decision is to do nothing, that's still a choice. It's still a decision. Yeah, that's exactly. that was your decision. Your decision was to sit there and do nothing and be helpless. And I mean, there are greater factors. I mean, if you go to an education system that brainwashes you to think X, Y, Z. Yeah, that is going to influence you, and your parents put you in there, and so, okay, but you still have control over your own life. Exactly, and at some point, you're going to have to look up and say, okay, well, uh, I can't blame them for the next 25 or 30 years, so um, I think I should start doing something about that. Mm -hmm. Oh, I agree wholeheartedly. That's one of the things – I actually said this recently that I've – I think I heard it from Jim Rohn originally. He was talking about geese, how they'll always only fly south for the winter, right? Which direction they fly? South. What happens if the world – like we have global warming now. What happens if south south isn't good? 
they're doomed. Like they're just going to keep going south. Like they're programmed to go. That's what they do. An mm. animal is just an animal. My dog, as much as I love her, will only ever do the four or five things that a dog can do. I might be able to get her to do some sort of fancy, neat trick, but it's kind of temporary and, you know, it's not really species altering let's just say that mm -hmm. meanwhile humans we've put people on the moon we've developed medicines that have expanded our lifestyle right we've we've got all these fantastic accomplishments right now i'm speaking to someone who is probably i think you're in jersey right so you're mm -hmm. probably like a 15 to 20 hour drive away from me maybe not maybe like 12 uh or well new york is what new york is 10 so new york city is 10 so anyways but you're hours away from me without technology we would not be able to have this conversation but you're comfortable in your space i'm in my home we're having this conversation and we're recording it and sharing it with people in at least 70 different countries around the world that is fantastic and guess what that was done by humans and no other humans have ever done that before so a human can just decide tomorrow is going to be a new day and this is the direction i'm going to go in and where your focus goes your life and your feet follow wherever you're looking your feet are going to kind to go eventually um and so that's that's just that's a great way to get started i think that's great advice you got great advice thank you i appreciate it so now what were some i mean i guess you talked about the day that you had this that real talk with yourself and you're like hey it's either going to be this or that and mm -hmm. what do i really want what have been some other major challenges that you've had in your life like getting to where you are now uh, as an entrepreneur i often tell people you mentioned that it was a it's a lonely road to the top being an entrepreneur, I would tell people, can sometimes be lonely. It's something that they have to prepare themselves for. Um, there are sacrifices that may have to be made. I'm very close to my family. I'm a very family-oriented person. But being as though I'm the only entrepreneur in my immediate family, sometimes it may seem as though family doesn't support you, but they just don't understand. Or your loved ones. Maybe not even family. Maybe it's a loved one or maybe it's somebody, a business colleague, somebody you find very valuable in your circle. Mm -hmm. They may not support you at the time because they don't understand. So I often tell people that you have the vision, not them. Um, and it was hard for me to adjust because I was seeking the approval from parents, from loved ones, from family until it really came to me and it said, whose life are you trying to live right now? Mm. Um, these people all have their lives. They're progressing in their lives how they want to, and that's fine. But you come to a realization that that life is not for you. You want something more. You want to add more value. You want to be creative. You want to explore. You want to do things that really impact people on a much bigger scale. So – you're the one with that vision, so it is you. So you can't expect other people to just support you the way that you would like to be supported because they don't understand. It is not their vision. You see things clearly they don't. Mm -hmm. And when I started to realize that, I began to not take those things personal. So speeding things up as I began to began to progress into that particular um, – as a business person and all of those things, then they came around and said, oh, wow. You know, wow, okay, you're actually progressing and you're accomplishing these things. So now, yeah, you have all the support in the world that you desire. Mm -hmm. But I would tell somebody when you're starting, even as a small business owner, entrepreneur, whatever you want to call yourself at the time, when you're starting out and it is your vision, you cannot expect others, especially others that are close to you, to just be on board and say, oh, yes, I understand exactly what you're trying to do because they don't see it. They can only support you to a particular degree, so any support that you get is a blessing. Mm -hmm. But other than that, this is your mission. And when it starts to unfold, people will come around. People will come around. But it is up to you to bring that vision to maturity. That is your job. That is your vision. So 
you have to believe in it. Nobody else. If nobody else believes in your business or what you want to do, you have to. Yep. Yeah, I saw – reminded me of a T-shirt I saw somewhere. I'm spiritual, not religious, but it was don't expect others to understand your grind when God didn't give them your vision. That was a T-shirt I saw. And, and, that's, and that's a very, very powerful quote. And I think people forget that. We get all excited. Oh my God, I have this vision. I got it all planned out. I can see it. I can feel it. And I'm going to tell everybody about it. And then you get this negative backlash from everyone. And then we're all depressed and down in the dumps. I've been there, but now I have enough knowledge to know, no, it's your vision. And sometimes you can't share that with everybody because other people don't have the best intentions for you. So sometimes you even have to just keep your vision and work on your vision yourself mm -hmm. but don't expect people don't expect to have this influx of people to support you and this is another reason why it's important to surround yourself with the perfect environment because if you're around people that have had businesses or starting businesses and very successful then you'll get that level of support yeah. that you're looking for yeah they get it they've been there they get it exactly they, totally they get, get it, it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's so well said what do you think holds a lot of people back from that when they feel that when they feel something in their heart of hearts that that's the direction they should go in but oh there's no money in it but oh it'd be a bad career move but oh i'd let people down oh it's the four-letter word man fear fear i mean I, everything goes back to fear you can tie everything back to fear procrastination but this but that i should i I might, I'm going to, I want to, mm. you know, all of that stuff is fear, mm. all of it's fear. And it's interesting because I was on another talk and we were talking about fear. And I said, the interesting thing that I've learned about fear is it always feels the same. Mm. Fear has no distinguishing factor into with, with how it feels. Fear always feels the same. You will always get that, um, that headache, those heart palpitations, that sweaty palms, Whatever the anxiety, it all is the same. Now you have to have an experience with fear to know. Okay, what is this fear telling me? Why am I feeling these feelings? So, when I first started out, yeah, I had all types of fear. But what I noticed when I was making those steps in the right direction, the fear would let up a little bit, and I would progress. So it almost came, became kind of an addiction to kind of test where this fear was taking me. So I, I understand like when I'm doing something and I'm out of my comfort zone, I get those feelings. It may be taking a phone call with somebody that can take me to the next level or going to speak in a venue that could really change the shape of my career, just different things. Hmm. And you'll feel this anxiety, this, this excitement, but I know, okay, this is my body. This is my mind telling me this is something new. This is a possibility to, to take me to where I want to go. Hmm. So I ignore that feeling. I acknowledge it. But I ignore it to the extent where I don't allow it to control my next decision. Mm. And that is the key. And I tell people because I see a lot of things where, oh, take away your fear forever. Be fearless. Not going to happen. I'm sorry. I'll just tell your audience now, the listeners, it's not going to happen. <laughs> but you have to be able to know how to navigate fear. Know what it means to have anxiety. Know what it means to have that feeling of you know, your throat kind of clamming up.
because that's your body's way, depending on the situation, of telling you this is a life-changing, potential life-changing opportunity. Hmm. But you can't allow that to prevent you from taking those chances and making those mistakes of not capitalizing on those opportunities. I've been there. I've done that. There were so many opportunities in the past that I've had that I can look back on and say, wow, that was my, my mind and my body's way of telling me, oh, that's an opportunity. Oh, that's an opportunity. Uh, do it. Right. But I, I, I ignored it and I allowed those particular feelings to keep me in a state of, of a prison almost. And you don't progress that way. So you will have fear, but the, the name of the game is to feel the fear and do it anyway. Mm, feel the fear, do it anyway. And to be honest, it's depending where you like for a lot of people in the world, it's there's nothing really to be afraid of. Like. Most people are so self-absorbed. Well, we'll say everybody. Like everybody walks around listening to <laughs> WIIFM. What's in it for me? Radio. Yes. That's what everybody is walking around. And it's we're we're programmed that we can people make all sorts of arguments, selfish gene, yada yada yada. But people make whatever arguments. But the reality is is that people are so focused on their own lives and their own dealings. They don't even if you publicly embarrass yourself, eh, like and and then you know, like there's there's the leagues of celebrities that have fallen from grace to climb back up, have, like are are plentiful. I mean, so so many people are afraid. Like, really, what are you afraid of? I mean, there's there's really hard lines in life, like stepping mm-hmm. in front of a moving bus. That's a hard line, right? That's a really hard line. Uh, stepping out of a tall building, you know, or jumping off a tall building. There's a really hard line that you're gonna hit. It'll be fine, 99% of the fall, but that last bit is a really hard line to get to get over, or get through. So. Well- well, ninety and the funny thing about it is, ninety-five percent of the things that we're scared of never happen. Yep, yep. They yep. never ever happen. Yep. And that's the amazing thing. It's, it it amazes me when I make that statement because that is so true. Most of the things we're afraid of never even happen. And not only that, I heard someone say a long time ago when I was um, really studying public speaking, they said, well, you know, when you're nervous and you're on stage and and things like that when you're doing things that can really help a lot of people. He said, stop being selfish. And I was really taken back by that. And he says, if you're so worried about how you're going to sound, what, how you look, what people are going to say, get off the stage because mm-hmm. you're selfish. You're too self-absorbed because if you're focusing on giving value to people, if that is your main objective, a lot of the things that we worry about, a lot of things that make us nervous or a lot of things that uh, we allow fear to kind of halt mm. us. They don't really matter. And I mm-hmm. noticed that I am a living example of that because I used to be scared of so many things. Mm-hmm. But because I operate in a space now where I, every time I do something in my business, I'm like, how can I add more value to people? How can I add more value? How can I change this person's life? I don't have time to worry about, you know, be so self-absorbed on how I look. Mm-hmm. How I sound. To be honest, I do a lot of radio shows and interviews. I don't even listen to them. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I've been advised, oh, Miyoko, you should listen to how you sound, your voice tone, blah, blah, blah. I don't care as long as I am value. giving value. Yep. Yep. And people, you have to get to that point. You know, why are you in business? Why do you want to be an entrepreneur? You know, what is it? Do you genuinely want to help people and add value to them? Because once you start to get into a plane, where you're doing that, all that other stuff, Daryl, it's, it's superficial. It doesn't even matter. Yeah, you got to stay in a space where you want to serve. 
like a guy that loves car. I just love car. And that's not me, but like, I'm not, I'm not a tire car guy at all. I just want something I get in. I push a button. It looks nice. Get me going. <laughs> and I want, I just want to feel like I'm getting one up on the man. So I got a hybrid cause I couldn't get a Tesla yet, but I'm getting a Tesla next. Like, you know, but for a car guy, he's like, I love the car. Like, you know, and so you bring in a car, he's like, Oh, this poor car, it needs this work. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, look at this, the tires, like, you know, that's, that's from a place of like, of, of wanting to serve, like just out of joy and passion. And if you can find that, suddenly like you're coming from a totally different approach versus it's like it's like with sales like sales aren't isn't about putting someone in a headlock and ripping their wallet out of their pocket and emptying it out and then giving it back to them and kicking them in the butt and sending them on their way that's not what it's supposed to be about it's supposed Mm -hmm. to be about look i know you're in pain from arthritis and i know you don't have a lot of money but check it out we've done all these studies look at all this clinical research i know this pill sounds expensive but we get this product we have to take these coconuts or we have to take this fruit and we have to get like fifty thousand of them in order to make an ounce of this medicine but look at all these clinical trials and if you'll just try it out it can make your arthritis go away and when your arthritis goes away now you'll be able to play with your grandkids you'll be able to right like you'll be able to go and you'll be able to get a part-time job and make some more money and like all these things it's supposed to be like from that and like a stern but loving parent in that respect you know like if you had medicine that you knew could save your friend's child that's dying you wouldn't care you wouldn't care if you were pushy you wouldn't care if they said no once or twice you would talk to them through no, it you, you wouldn't. wouldn't be afraid of those conversations you'd be like look i know you said no because of this but let me let, hear me out like listen to this let me go and that's that that part from wanting to serve and care what's but, the value you see the level of value there right you right. see the level of value even when they don't see it right right and if you don't have that, if you're trying to sell something you don't believe in that, you know, you're not really sure about that you think's kind of like snake oil or, you know, well, I'm not really that confident it's where it needs to be yet, you know, then just try being more like honesty is the best policy. The truth will set you free. Tell someone, look, this is a beta program. Hey, this is a beta product. Hey, you know, we've done we've had given this out, but I think it needs it could be improved. But, you know. That's why we're not charging what I think it's worth or, you know, yada, 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 or we're charging what we think it's worth. But, hey, because it's new, you're going to get a ton of attention and time attention. We'll do some extra work to make sure that you're happy. Like, just be honest with people. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, the whole fear of getting on the phone with people, all that sort of, all of a sudden it fades away because you're coming from a place of servitude. And, yes. uh, you know, and you can take a horse to water, but you can't force it to drink. So at least all of a sudden hey, like, this is this is how it is. Oh, you don't want to drink? Okay, well, that's cool. But hey, I, I at least I tried. That's very important. And I think because society has presented itself in a way, especially in the United States, that everybody's so money-driven. Mm-hmm. So give me that material benefit-driven. Um, mm-hmm. And I think coming from a space of serving, you almost neglect those particular things in a sense of, and I always tell people money, all money is, is you are offering paper in exchange for something of value. Mm-hmm. So if you want to make more money, you have to become more valuable. valuable. Yep. Yep. So the more value you give, and it may not come right away, but the more value you give, you will start to see people eventually say, okay, how much does this cost? Because I recognize the value in it and I want to take part in it. And so focus on – if I could give advice to any entrepreneur or business owner, focus on value. Focus on being value. That means your product. That means you. If there are some more things that you can do to make yourself more valuable to your consumer um, as a person, as a professional, do that because the more value that you bring to the table, 
the more monetary value people are going to see in you. Mm-hmm. It just works hand in hand. It really does. It really does. No, it really, 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 really does. I think that's a great way to say it. Again, it's just about making this world a better place. The way technology is going, all that stuff. I mean, people are afraid of technology, but no one really argued over indoor plumbing. There was no political debate over indoor plumbing or whether electricity was a good idea or not, like having a light bulb in your living room at night. Those are things. And so there's going to be a lot of advancements that are going to keep coming. And so that's where you guys – like if you – you're just going to be – if you're focused just on extracting, if you're just if it's a parasitic relationship you have with human society and the world at large, you're going to get replaced. You might have a monopoly right now. You might even have legislation that's in your favor, right? I mean, I, I have a thing with insurance. I understand the reason behind insurance, but I think even when the world economy, I I think insurance is a major scam. I, I'm I prob I don't know if I should publicly state that. I think a lot of it it's, there's there's good and there's bad. That's all I'm going to say. There's good and there's uh, bad and there's a lot of like it's got like it's you cannot drive a vehicle at least in Canada. You cannot put a car on the road without car insurance. I totally get that. But man, I I remember I've been paying car insurance my whole life, get a little ding and uh call them in and, and it's just like the biggest hassle and it's like i've been paying since i was 16 what I, what is this for again oh right to get you rich and make money those sorts of things will be replaced at some point you know self-driving cars and all sorts of stuff like that there's going to be a change in some of that stuff and it's because they're not there to really ser- i mean some of the, and some people listen to this if you're an insurance salesman i do apologize and feel free to send me an email and let me know how i'm wrong and prove to me how it's right i'm very open for that but I just, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's a lot of things in businesses out there that they're, it's a parasitic relationship versus a symbiotic relationship where it's like newspapers. They forgot the business that they were in. Problems are markets, not people. And newspapers thought they just delivered advertising to your door with stories interwoven through it. And that's not what it was. And they forgot the problem that they solved. And blogs came out, totally decimated that, that industry. And I think it's the same thing. You know, again, if you're not focused on serving, on improving and helping, then you're just you're waiting to be outdated. And uh, forgive me, insurance people. That's just where I some forms of insurance. I think insurance is really valuable. And the people that that, you know, that obviously have it and the need to use it. It's great that it's there. But I definitely think that there's layers added to it that, you know, that makes it question yeah mm-hmm. so anyways i don't i didn't mean i didn't mean to to publicly execute any industry <laughs> there but i just i just what i just wanted to repeat what you were saying that like coming from that place of servitude to help to have that passion to have that why to just be willing to step into your greatness and pursue that part of yourself and not be afraid of what other people say and as long as you're doing it with with good intentions um and it's a passion like, I don't know. I don't know what your spiritual beliefs are, but I mean, we're all going to die at some point. I mean, well, as far as well, yeah. someone might achieve, upload their brain and achieve immortality. But generally speaking, based on the data, all everyone that's everything that's been alive has also become dead. There's more dead things than there are living things. Um, and so that's like, who cares? Like, just go for it. I think. Absolutely agree. So. So what do you think is the future of your industry? Where do you think things are going? Um, well, I can speak for myself where I'm aspiring to take it is I think I said earlier, there's a lot of motivational, uh, inspirational speakers and they all do great jobs. But I think um, we need to get back to the whole personal development aspect. So that's what I'm really trying to encourage. Hopefully I'll be one of those people that get some of the already even more established people in our industry to say, you know what? 
I need to share more of my story, more of the 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 issues that people may be going through, because um, I think sometimes we lose touch or people lose touch with that particular type of person. And those are the particular people that are going to these events, that are going to see them, that are subscribing to their email list. So mm. I would like to see more of a reality. I don't think a lot of people are realistic. Like I, I, I even tell my clients, look, I have days where I don't want to talk to anybody. I have days where even I'm discouraged and I have to coach myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a human being. So don't look at me as somebody just because I have a book and Oh, yeah, bestseller and all those other things. Those titles mean absolutely nothing. That mm-hmm. book was to add value to other people. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, and I have to kind of stop myself and, 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 and kind of say, okay, Miyoko, you've answered way too many Instagram posts or things like that because <laughs> I, love, I love engaging with people. So I'll have a person and say, hey, man, what's up? And I'm like, hey, nothing much, man. How you doing? And it's just like. It's so funny because people would tell me like, oh, my God, you answer everybody. But that's just how I am. I've always been that way. I was born that way to engage with people. So I say that to say I'm a very approachable person. And sometimes even I have to balance that out because I just love talking to people. Hmm. And I mean, there's many been many cases where someone asked a business question to me about branding or, you know, just reached out to me and said, hey, you saved my life. I was going to end my life. But because I've been following you. I feel like I have something to live for. I don't know what it is yet, but wow. you definitely, you know, kept me from that particular experience of trying to commit suicide. And those are things that are like, wow, man, you don't know who you influence. So it's people like that that I feel like may sometimes get lost in the crowd when you're dealing in this particular genre of personal development, of entrepreneurship. I mean, it's all the focus is always on the people that have, quote unquote, made it to people. Right. Um, you know, right. from a financial standpoint, that's been the focus. So I would like to kind of shift the focus on, yes, there's a level of success there, but let me give you the reality too. That way you're prepared when you feel like crap and you don't feel like, you know, you don't feel like you're making progress or you're discouraged. Now you can go back and say, Hey, you know what? Miyoko feels like that too, even till this day. And he's very successful to me. Hmm. So I'm encouraged knowing that that is a normal feeling. Hmm. Hmm. So when we get to the point where we can present these challenges and these adversities as normal, then I think that we can cover a lot of ground with people and that will help a lot of people and prevent them from giving up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We can't just say don't give up and not give them an example of what we went through and didn't mm-hmm. give up or mm-hmm. not even just an example in the past but an example of what we currently right. – that's the power right. – what we currently go through. I'll tell somebody very quickly, even right on this show, that you know I have some moments even before I go on a show where I have to you know use my NLP practitioner stuff and put myself in a state of mind where okay I'm giving value to people because I didn't have a good morning. Mm. <laughs> you know something may have happened in my life, yep. but now I have to step into a place where I have to give value to other people and become selfless. And present that value to others. This is reality. We are all human human beings, man. Nobody's. We're not super. We're not superhuman. I'm not superhuman. You're not superhuman. <laughs> you know, we have every emotion that everybody else in the world has. So I think that is refreshing for them to know. So every time I get on a show, I make that a point to say that I am a human being. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just like you. That's right. 
I love it, and I'm, I'm going to warn anybody who's got sensitive ears because I'm about to swear right now. But it's one of my favorite quotes about success because it makes you laugh and smile, but it's also so true. And it's that success is like pregnancy. Everybody congratulates you, but nobody knows how many times you had to get fucked to achieve it. And I think that that's <laughs> really, like, really, <laughs> really valid. Oh, man. Because <laughs> it's true. People are like, congratulations, but they don't know. How many times? And maybe, okay, maybe making babies is fun. But in reality, sometimes in business, you get burnt. You get, right? You, you spend hours. You throw all this money and time. You hired people. You, you learn things to accomplish something. And it's, it feels like it's for naught. It feels like it's for nothing. But uh, just keep, keep, keep banging away at it. You'll get there eventually. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Anyways. So, Milko, you've been so forthcoming and honest and transparent on this talk. If people have really uh, engaged with this, if they really resonate with your message, if they want to connect and reach out to you, if they want to come and find out what you're up to when you're going to be in their area, how do they get involved? How do they, how do they, how do they find out? They can go to my site. Um, it's www.miyokotaylor.com. It's M as in Mary, E-I-Y-O-K-O, Taylor. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram, same name, Miyoko Taylor. Um, and you can also find me on Facebook. Uh, the name there is official Miyoko Taylor. Okay. Official Miyoko Taylor. And also you can, uh, grab my book, find your amazing five steps to transforming your life. It is now on Amazon mm. and Barnes and Nobles. I suggest that you pick it up because it is an introduction to a lot of answers to your questions and it will definitely get you on the right path. That's, That's awesome. for sure. That's awesome. So Miyoko, M-E-I-Y-O-K-O. T-A-Y-L-O-R. Yes. Reach out, find out how to get in touch. Go pick up a copy of Find Your Amazing Five Steps for trans to trans to transforming your life. Miyoko, again, thank you so much. Is there anything I didn't ask you that I should have asked you? No, but I'll I'll leave the audience with this. Today, I want you to challenge yourself. What is that one thing that you are not doing? That one thing that has been lingering around, whether it's this week, this month, the past year. What is that one thing you would do right now if you knew that there was no possibility of failure? I want you to really think about that. If you could never fail in doing this particular thing, whatever that is, I want you to do it. Mm. That's the challenge I leave you with. Mm. It's got my gears spinning. I already got to write some stuff down. Mirko, thank you so much, man. Again, I, I value your passion, your energy, your enthusiasm, your, your candor. And uh, just your ability to come and try and help my audience. I really appreciate that. And I know that some people are going to hear this and their lives are going to be changed or it'll just push them that little inch they need to get to the next level. So thank you so much for sharing with us. And I really appreciate your time today. My pleasure is all mine, Daryl. Let's have fun. Let's do it again sometime. You've reached the end of our interview. Now, first, let me thank you for listening. I appreciate and respect you more than you'll ever know. And now I'd like to ask you a couple of questions. First, what three lessons did you just learn? What three aha moments just jumped out at you? Second, what can you implement for yourself and your business in the next 24 hours? Third, what can you give to someone else to help you with or give them to just do it for you? Whatever it is, remember taking action is the secret sauce to results. Now, if you think this interview would be helpful for a friend, please give them a link to it. It'll help them and it'll help me too. I'd also like to invite you to help me find out more about the challenges you're facing, your dreams, your goals, and how I can help you overcome what's holding you back. We both do better when we know better, and your success is my success. So please reach out and interact. You can visit our website, 
bestbusinesscoach.ca for Canada or California, where I'm from and where I'm living. You're welcome to also try out one of our paid programs. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and pretty much every other social media channel you can think of. You should also subscribe to the podcast. And if you're enjoying them, please leave us a nice review. It really helps. That's all for now. Once again, thank you. Take care of yourself. And remember, the world needs the best business you can build. And I believe in you.